Okay, so hello everyone. Welcome to another Chat and Learn here with Power to Fly. Uh, my name is Mariella and I'm super excited uh, for this next hour uh, with you all. I wanna say thank you everyone who's joining us live. We've got quite a few folks on the line. I see you're dropping in the chat box where you're calling from. I'm gonna give you a shout out in just a moment. But I just wanna first start by saying, I know that we're going through some crazy times in the world today. So I really, really appreciate everyone taking the hour out to join us live. Um, I had a chance to speak with our guest speaker offline and for our, our live call who joined a little early um, to get to know each other and I'm super excited to jump right in. But before we do, um, I just wanna go over some housekeeping rules. Um, so I've muted everyone upon entrance just to avoid any background noises, but I cannot stress enough and actually I'll sound like a broken record by the end of this hour. I want everyone to feel um, you know, like they can share their voice whenever they want. So that means turn your, turn your cameras on, uh, take yourself off of mute whenever you have something to say, use the chat box. Um, if anything needs to be kept uh, anonymous because it might be sensitive, um, feel free to write to me. You'll find me uh, under Mariella in the chat box. Write to me anonymously and I will flag it to our guest speaker so that she can approach uh, and respond to your question or your reflection. Um, and then with that said, you know, uh, this is being recorded. So I was just telling Josh who is multitasking, he's working out and listening uh, to this chat. That is totally awesome. I love that he's doing that. But uh, I do want to say that if you're multitasking in other ways, you know, actually, I will also say Nicole is breastfeeding on the line. So you could totally continue to feed your child and listen in. Um, but I usually try to say, I know we live in a multitasking world. Um, so if you're kind of doing multiple things on the computer, you know, whenever you can, please try to be present with us so that we can really make use of this hour um, and we can hear your voice and hear your responses. Um, and if you do decide to unmute yourselves, uh, we are recording this, so you will be featured in our live video. Um, and then again, you can rewatch this video. So I'll say at the end of the chat as well, um, and we'll add any links that our guest speaker is speaking about in this hour in the rewatch email so that you can click on those links and really kind of activate and do some of the things that she's gonna speak about today. Um, follow us on socials and then subscribe to our YouTube channel. And wow, that's it. I don't wanna take up too much more time because I really wanna jump into uh, introducing our guest speaker. And actually I'm not gonna read what's on the screen. Uh, Reshma, I'd love to hear from you. So let us know a little bit about yourself, how you came to know about Power to Fly and what you're excited to share with us today. Hi, everyone. Thank you, Mariella. Um, it's really good to be here. Um, and uh, so a little bit about me. I am a principal program manager at SOFOS right now. I think I've been here uh, eight or nine months right now. And it's a very great company to work for. Love the team, love my manager and super collaborative team. And what I do is I, I try to help teams um, deliver high quality um, business outcomes or products on a, in a reliable manner. I wouldn't say timely, but reliable manner because those two things are different. Um, so again, it's a very co collaborative effort. And so, so in order for me to get started, so let me share a story that will kind of explain why I'm doing this chat and learn today. So this was, uh, uh, like a couple of years ago, I, I just started um, uh, at a company and I was a project manager. And uh, we were working on this huge contract. And the way the company set it up is that for every huge contract, there's going to be a program director who's responsible for all aspects of the program. And then a bunch of us people would meet with the client every week and keep the client updated and take in any re new requests and just keep things moving along. And during these meetings, I had the great opportunity to watch uh, two female directors in the exact same role. And this is years ago. 
the first female director, she got frustrated and she left after a couple of months. I'm not sure exactly what happened. What I'm only speaking from my own personal experience of what I saw. And then the second female director, um, whose education and background is pretty similar to the first one, she actually did really, really well. She was confident, she owned the room, she knew what she was doing, and she was humming along. And I'm like, wow, you know, like how come one person didn't do so well, and then how come another person, you know, is doing really good? Um, unfortunately, back then there wasn't a whole lot of information even now i would say on you know how you can be more like the second program director so what i started doing was i started ex uh, experimenting trying things and then doing a retrospective on myself on what was working and what wasn't so today what i'm sharing is the stuff that i've learned awesome and i know that before we dive into these questions i know that you kind of set up a really beautiful introduction yes. um, in just like three slides. So before we dive into your questions, everyone, I really want to pass the mic to Reshma so she can kind of warm us up for this next hour. So go ahead and take it away. Thank you. Um, so yes, I, I prepared a couple of slides. Um, let's see. The first is uh, success and progression. Uh, success, okay. So with success, what does success look like for you in the current role? Okay, um, so I want to explain that. So um, uh, again, a couple of years ago, I pivoted from a development manager to a project manager. And um, I thought I was gonna learn on the job. Uh, that was a mistake. <laughs> what is expected of a development manager and what is expected of a program manager, uh, sorry, project manager. I was a project manager back then. What's expected is, is very different. And also uh, companies, what a project manager in company A versus a project manager in company B is also the roles and responsibilities are different. And so what I say is you have to figure out what you have to be successful in your current role and you have to figure that out. And it actually can be very tough to figure out what success looks like for your role and for the company you are in. And that is when it is best to work with a mentor who has been in the role that you are today and help you and guide you through this. And so that way you can be successful. And, and the reason this is important is, so instead of looking to someone else for direction on what you need to do, you can start taking initiatives and recommending and say, hey, maybe we should do this, maybe we should do that. So you are more proactive versus reactive. And this is why it's very important to come up with a success plan. And then the next step, uh, uh, we're still on the previous slide. Yeah, perfect. So the next step is a progression plan. Okay, so where do you see yourself in the next couple of years? And how, how do you plan to get there? So again, you have to figure this out. You have to come up with a plan. Again, I recommend working with a mentor to help you guide you through this. I will share something that I don't normally share. Uh, um, so this is my first time kind of sharing. I've actually worked with two outside coaches, one who helped me with the technical aspects of my, my job, and then the other one who helped me with my soft skills. And together, I became a better person. I knew how to do stuff and how to get it done in a, in a, in a, in a way that worked for everyone, like in a collaborative manner, okay? And then the other thing is you also have to look for sponsors within the organization, the company that you're in. 
because they're the ones that are gonna put in a good word for you and get you in the, into the initiatives that's gonna help you move to the next level. And then the last piece I will say is, you got to try to get feedback and learn from the feedback. Feedback can be super scary and, you know, but uh, at the same time, you have to get that. I've actually pivoted a couple of times based on the critical feedback that I received. And so this is why I say, you know, take a moment and try to get that feedback from other people and then learn from it. Okay, my next slide is about taking initiative, okay? So before I dig into that, I wanna share something, okay? This is a children's book, okay? It's the duckling gets a cookie, okay? And this is really important. So the duckling has the cookie and then the pigeon is super frustrated. How come you have the cookie and I don't have a cookie, okay? And this is one of my daughter's favorite books and it has a great lesson in here. So the pigeon, um, kind of like gets into, uh, it's frustrated and, you know, and together they have this verbal back and forth, like, you know, you have a cookie, I don't have a cookie. So anyway, um, after a couple of pages, the pigeon asks, you know, how come you have this cookie? And then the duckling says, because I asked for it. Okay. This is a, a really important message. And then the pigeon gets even more frustrated. Like, you know, like again, like I ask for stuff all the time and you know, it's still, how come you have the cookie and I don't have a cookie? Then the pigeon asks, why did you get this cookie? And then the answer is even amazing. So I can give it to you. Now think about that. You got the, uh, the duckling got the cookie because the duckling asked for it. And why did the duckling get the cookie? To give it to the pigeon. And the pigeon is like so happy about it. So, so the takeaway from this is you have to ask for stuff and it has to be a, in a collaborative manner. So this is why I'm sharing the story. And then the other part is you have to be willing to hear no. Just because you ask for stuff, it doesn't mean you're going to get it. No, uh, rejection is also part of learning. And then you can, once you hear a rejection, you can try to figure out why did I hear this no and then, you know, what can I do different the next time? The, the other thing you have to do is when you have an idea and you want to take an initiative, you have to generate support for your idea. That means not just going to one person, you're, end, you're going to end up going to maybe five or six people and say, hey, I have an idea. And the way you pitch it to everyone is you try to answer three questions. And if you don't have these three questions, like, you know, the answers for these three questions, then you should take some time to figure it out. And that is, um, what you, are you trying to do? Like the what of it? Why are you trying to do this? And how do you plan to get this done? And then you start generating idea and then it's a very collaborative effort. And once you start doing that, um, it, 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 your idea transforms. And then it's more likely to be successful because it's a group effort rather than you trying to make something happen. And once you initiate an idea, you have to track its progress. You have to see where it's going. Do you need to make some changes? Do you need to pivot? And you also have to do retrospectives. You have to see what's working and what's not working and then learn from it. Okay, my next slide is about actually building credibility. So the, this part is you take a large effort and then you try to break it into manageable pieces. And then what you do is collaborate with your team or the right people who needs to be part of this initiative and you figure out what do we need to do? 
who is going to do it, and then when are we gonna get this done? Once you have a plan, it's really straightforward. You know, you just execute on the plan, change if you need to, pivot if you need to, and then, and, and that's how you get stuff done. The other important thing is do what you said you will do, and that's how you gain trust. And for everyone I say, starts with small efforts, and what you have to do is learn how to take on more and more responsibility and scale up. And you also have to manage expectations. This is what gets, gets you noticed. And then this is when you start getting part of the right initiatives. Wow, I love how you are highlighting you know, collaboration. Uh, I see that getting a lot of folks in trouble these days uh, that they might say that they are collaborating or maybe they aren't. And it just leaves a really kind of superficial product in the end. And especially now, you know, it's 2020 and we see that it's even more clear now than ever that we have so many different minds and so many different walks of life that are, you know, potential clients or customers or can give good feedback. And so um, I, I love that you're highlighting collaboration because that is just going to help, you know, speak to more people and kind of bring everyone together. Um, and I love that you're also speaking about trusting yourself and knowing how to develop your, your qualities. And, and thank you for sharing um, the, 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 and being vulnerable about you seeking to coaches. I have also been speaking with two coaches during this quarantine and it's like the best thing that I've done because we're in, we've been locked down for five months here in, in Argentina and Buenos Aires. And I, I really give a lot of credit to these, you know, to these two women who are helping me see things in a different light and helping me to form um, you know, my voice um, as the times are changing. So um, thank you for sharing that about yourself. And I, I want, before we go into the next set of questions, I just want to do a light pause here and see if anyone would like to reflect um, on these first three slides that uh, Reshma has presented. Lots of information already. Um, so if anyone has an anecdote or a story or a follow-up question or wants to just kind of, you know, throw some digital confetti uh, now is the time. Actually, we have one chat here. Uh, one person here in the chat box has written, how do you find coaches and what kind of coaches? And can you speak from, from your perspective, Reshma? Yes, um, there are several ways. Um, so um, the way you can also go into LinkedIn and you can do uh, one, one of my coaches I found out by LinkedIn, I think it's like a pro finder. Um, LinkedIn sent me uh, a message and says, hey, do you want to, you know, help us find you and, and you can answer, you can step through and then you can find a coach that way. The other way is I uh, attended conferences in, for, uh, in my um, expertise, my role. So when I started attending conferences, you know, I see the people, you know, getting up and doing the talks. So, and then I would reach out to them and I'd be like, oh, you know, with, with questions like, you know, and then that's how I found out a great coach is, you know, by, by you know, attending conferences and talking to people, you know, that's how I found the other one. Yeah. Beautiful. And then someone else here had that same question. So I'm sure that maybe, you know, a couple of you on the line might have this question since two are writing in the chat box. Um, I will, I love that you are looking towards LinkedIn. I love, I love the work that they're doing with trying to, you know, connect everyone in that yes. way and especially give encouragement and help people kind of get in the right mindset. Um, I, I know that we're now in really tough times as far as like sharing our voice um, needing to speak out in protests or speak up at work or speak up at home. Um, and I am not a coach, but one thing that I am doing is working with people on their voice. Um, and so I hold free voice workshops. It's called free voice so that you can free your voice. So if anyone is interested in tuning in and tapping into their authentic voices so that they can be stronger in, in you know, the work that they do, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn or you can write to me on my private email, which is Mariella Marie at Gmail. Um, so if anyone is interested in that kind of, you know, 
guide guiding um, kind of coaching, then I'm I'm totally willing to give that service, um, especially these days. Um, and then if you browse through some of our previous chat and learns, we've had a couple of mindset coaches come on and share the good things that they're offering this time. So I would say maybe go through some of our previous chat and learns and find someone that resonates with you because I know now we can't do the physical, you know, meeting people at uh, conferences and networking in that way. So definitely use LinkedIn, like Reshma was saying, reach out to, you know, the sources that we are kind of, you know, gathering here on the, on the uh, chat and learns here with Power to Fly. Um, and with that said, um, I'm just going to move into this, uh, this next set of, uh, actually, we have one more slide from you. Yes. So Reshma, I'll, I'll hand it over to you and then we'll move into the next set of questions. Yes. And this is another super important slide. Okay, so when you um, when you get get started, you know, being uh, when you're helping shape the future of your company, you are going to get CC'd on emails. Um, you're going to get invited to meetings. You are just going to get a ton of requests, right? And um, unfortunately, there just isn't enough time to get everything done, even if you wanted to, right? And so. Um, a while back, I was struggling with this, and a while back, I was working so many hours. I would pretty much spend my waking hours, like, you know, trying to get stuff done. And this, uh, this really uh, had a very negative impact on my health, and uh, I wasn't spending time with my kids or my family, my friends. I would just say, tomorrow, I'll just, I'll get to you tomorrow, I'll get to you tomorrow. Oh, this was bad, <laughs> okay? And so the other thing is, even when I did all these hours of work, you know, this waking hours, I still felt I was behind. And, and the thing is, I didn't want to feel it's demoralizing. I didn't want to feel that all the time. I wanted to feel success, not a week from now, not a month from now. I wanted to feel success every day. So after struggling with it for quite some time, I, um, and I'm also not an engineer and engineers could, could work within a scrum framework and could pick how much work they want to get done within a two weeks period of time. I'm a program manager. I get requests all the time is flying in from all different directions. So what I started to do was create a personal backlog. And every time a request would come in via Slack, via email, uh, or however way somebody reached out to me, I would think about it. If it was something I could respond right away, of course I would respond. But if it was something that was going to take time, I would tag that request with two things, priority and the time frame that I needed to re uh, respond by or get it done by. And then I would put it into my personal backlog. And then every day, so then my personal backlog started to getting populated, right? And every day, what I would do is I would pick from the top of my backlog items, uh, 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 mini projects that I thought was achievable that day. And then I would just, you know, just work off of my plan. And um, unless something super urgent came up and I needed to like, you know, change direction, that was perfectly fine too. So that way, this gave me time for myself to get myself better and have good relationship with my family and friends. And then the other thing is, even if you do this, there still isn't enough time for all the requests that are going to come in. So the, that the other thing you have to do is figure out what you can delegate, what you can deprioritize, or what you can drop. Again, it's, it's a whole collaborative effort. You talk with the people, you say, yes, unfortunately, I just don't have the time to take this on right now. Can we have a conversation about what is actually possible? And then let's come up with a plan. So that's what I did. And then the last piece of really uh, important information that I will say before we move into the question and answer help someone else. I mean it, help someone else, okay? This is going to bring you great joy. 
it could be uh, you sponsoring someone or you're giving someone an opportunity or you're teaching someone or simply unblocking them. Once you start doing this, you are going to feel good about yourself and you're going to feel success every day. So, yeah. I love that. And I, what a great way to end uh, your initial feedback uh, to get into these next round of questions. Um, and actually we have someone here who's written in the chat box. Steve writes, how do you overcome negativity and those who put roadblocks in your way? Um, and then we have uh, uh, some other questions here that are, are piggybacking on on this mentorship and coaching um, that you mentioned before. So um, your current manager who is very uh, in tune with the fact that you're getting coached uh, says, I had no idea Rashma had a coach and doubt she knows I have a professional coach. So now you all have learned something new about yourselves on this call. <laughs> um, so uh, his question is, uh, can you say more about what you get out of being coached? Um, and I'm just going to try to read one, another one about mentorship and sponsoring so that you can you know, take your time and, and answer all, the, all three of these questions. What is sponsoring versus mentoring and any pointers on how to reach out to them or find um, within your organization? Okay, uh, let me, let me, I can see the question. So let me go to uh, Steve's question. Hi, Steve. Uh, Steve was one of my previous managers. So hi. Um, how do you overcome negativity? Um, <laughs> uh, lots of uh, like, you know, uh, reflecting on myself. Um, that's, that's what I would say is, um, so, you know, when there's negativity, I try to think about, you know, is it, is it really targeted towards me? Or is it just because the person is, you know, or wherever it's coming from, you know, what, what, what you know, what's their intention, right? And so um, I try to, if it's a person, I try to have a conversation and I try to um, get to some kind of common ground. Let's see if we can agree to something, you know, whatever that thing is, and then, um, and then go from there. Um, and then, um, and then I, for me, I, uh, I have learned over the years not to take anything personally, because uh, like I said, I have a bunch of plans, you know, and I'm working on my plan and I'm moving along. So, um, so yeah, I just like, you know, I'm like, I'm like, you know, when, when there is negativity, I'm like, you know, just, just, I, I'm not going to take this personally. I'm just, you know, if there's something to learn from it, I'll learn from it. Uh, otherwise I'm just going to move on. So, yeah. Um, let's see, Josh's question. Uh, what you, okay. Um, okay. So the, so, uh, I had two coaches. So one is um, that helped me figure out my success and my progression plan. And this was, this hasn't, it's not now. It's, it's been at least a year or so, um, like when I was in my previous job. So, um, so it, the, my coach helped me figure out what the success looked like in my current role and how I'm going to progress. And then the, my second coach helped me with my soft skills. Um, like, you know, unfortunately for women, you know, we, we cannot be, you know, super aggressive, you know, we have to, you know, we have to be careful, we have to check our emotions, you know, and all of that. So my second coach helped me through all of that. Yeah. Awesome. And then the last question here, what is sponsoring versus mentoring and any pointers on how to reach out to them oh, or yes. find them within your organization? Yes. Uh, mentoring. So let me start with mentoring. Mentoring is someone, you know, that is kind of like a coach, you know, you can kind of go to them and, um, and, you know, ask them for the, for their advice and they can say, Hey, you know, um, like I, I am, I'm, you know, stuck on this scenario. Uh, one thing I will say is, uh, before I go to my mentor or my coach, let's say I'm stuck on a scenario. Um, what I, I like to do is come up with a solution on my own rather than just go to my mentor and coach and say, Hey, what would you do? No, no. 
I try to think this through and come up with a solution. Then I go to my mentor and coach and say, hey, you know, I've, I've come across this situation. I am, you know, this is what I think is uh, the right path uh, forward. Let me know your thoughts. That way I can find out if I'm, you know, thinking, you know, before I just get that advice, you know, like if I'm thinking in the right direction. Um, sponsoring is someone within the organization who is actually going to say, yes, you know, you know, this person who's actually going to like, you know, in front of other people say, uh, you know, like, for example, like, yes, Reshma can handle this initiative. You know, she has the qualification to handle this initiative. They are more, um, they're, they're, um, they're supporting you in front of everyone. That's sponsoring. Um, unfortunately, finding a mentor is easier than finding a sponsor. So again, once you start building credibility, you're going to find people who are going to support you, you know, in front of everyone. Wow. Thank you so much. We are starting this live chat off with a lot of beautiful information. So I really appreciate everyone for jumping in. Um, and now we're going to go through some of your questions that you've submitted offline. So um, for the next uh, part of this chat, we're just going to walk through piece by piece. Uh, we're going to put the question on the screen. If it's your question, uh, feel free to come off of mute um, and add more. If it's not your question, also feel free to come off of mute and add um, what you have to say as well. Before I get to some of these new questions in the chat box, I do want to just say the power of digital community is awesome. Even before COVID, when we were doing these chat and learns, uh, I really, one of my favorite things to see was just where are we calling from in the world and how can we, you know, kind of gauge where we are um, as, you know, working class and people who are trying to live our dreams based on that. So I'm calling from Argentina. Our guest speaker is in Virginia. We've got some more folks calling from Virginia. Uh, we've got San Jose, Washington, D.C., Alabama, Oregon, uh, Palm Desert, California, Virginia, Kansas, D.C., San Francisco. Awesome. So thank you, everyone, uh, for writing that in the chat box. Los Angeles, I see you. I'm from Los Angeles. Lots of love there. Um, if you're just joining us or you uh, joined us a little after we got to the write in the chat box, feel free to drop in the chat box where you're calling from. Um, and then we're also just going to walk through these questions one by one. We'll start with this one here. Um, and then... Uh, I'll just start by saying again, I'm going to sound like a broken record. We want to hear from you. So feel free to write your questions in the chat box or come off of mute. So let's start with this first question, Reshma. How can you have influence on your team or within an organization without authority? Right. Um, very good question. Um, so this goes back to uh, my building credibility slide. Um, like I'm a program manager and I have, I work with people from all departments, you know, across different organizations, right? Um, I think once you build a plan together, instead of, uh, instead of a plan yourself, you're like, yep, I'm going to make you do this. I'm going to make you do this. I'm going to make you do this. That's going to fail really quickly. Once you get the right people in the room and then you come up with a plan together, and then, and then, you know, and then, um, and then you figure out the time frame, who's going to do it and all that stuff. And of course, nothing ever gets done exactly on the time frame that you want, but, but you're still moving along, right? And you're doing retrospectives. So once you start doing that, and um, it's a collaborative effort, even without authority, you know, people want to be part of, of an initiative that's going to get done. So that's how, that's how I done it. Beautiful. And then we have a question that was submitted actually before this slide, but I feel like it, it can go in tandem here. Um, uh, so how do you lead without authority, make people listen to you without CCing your manager on every email or having them in every meeting? Um, if you want to dive in a little deeper, you can, or if not, it's okay. If you want to take yourself off of mute, feel free as well. Um, 
So sometimes it's best to still keep the manager in the loop. What, what I try not to do, okay, so this is what I try not to do. Like, you know, like if I reach out to a person, I may keep my manager in the loop because, you know, I don't have to want to, you know, ping my manager every time and say, hey, you know, here's an update, here's an update. I might, depending on what the important thing is and how much he cares about that work, I may keep him in the loop. It's not for him to get involved, it's more for him just to be aware of the progress. So when I'm, you know, I need something from someone else, um, then, um, and I reach out to that person, one thing I would never do is if that person is not responding to me, I wouldn't do like, you know, go to his manager. I, I don't think that works, you know, because that, that seems to that person like, oh, so I didn't respond to you and I've gone to my manager, you know, like it's actually, you set up on the wrong foot. So, um, I just, I try different methods of communication. I try emailing. If the person's not responding by email, I try slacking. By the time like I reach out to the person twice, they will get back to me with something that I, that's what I've noticed. And then the only time I would involve my manager is like, you know, like is, you know, I'm just not, you know, making a whole lot of effort, you know, and I really need this to move forward. Then I'll probably tell my manager, hey, you know, can you help me here, you know, and that's what leaders are supposed to do. They're supposed to unblock you. Like I'm supposed to unblock someone, a leader is supposed to unblock me. So that's when I will, you know, look, reach out for that kind of help. And I know you've got two managers, one current, one current manager and one previous manager. So at some point I would love to hear from you all as well. Um, and actually, I love that we're speaking more about like leadership and accountability um, and, you know, unblocking and helping collaborating um, and kind of, you know, passing the mic so that other people can have a voice. So I'd love to hear from your current managers if you feel inclined to do so. You can write in the chat box or you can come off of mute. Um, yeah, I see Josh is coming off mute. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think how, how we use uh, formal authority uh, in the organization that um, Reshma and I are both managers and uh, it, it's just, it's often the subject of, of discussion and I think it takes some discernment and wisdom to know when to, you know, kick things up a level, right? So Reshma will sometimes ask me to reach out to, you know, someone up level from who she's talking to, but we, we try, yeah, I mean, we just try to avoid that. And I think there's no, there's no general rule, but just, you know, treating other people with, with humanity and compassion while also trying to get things done when we're blocked is, is the way we think about it. I love that. I love that, um, that, you, that at the end that you're saying, treat everyone like, you know, with humanity and with compassion. Thank you for that, Josh. We don't have enough of that in the tech world. And I know that Jessica's on the line now. She's studying right now to be a computer programmer. Is that correct, Jessica? And if you don't remember anything from this chat, remember empathy and compassion is key, especially as you grow up and uh, grow in leadership roles. So thank you, Josh, for being a testament to that and Reshma, of course, as well. Um, did you want to comment on anything that Josh had says, uh, Reshma? Uh, I'm good. Okay, perfect. It's, it's, so, it's everything what he said, yep. Perfect, great. Okay, so let's move on to the next question here. Okay, so during your journey, did you ever experience imposter syndrome? I feel like every time someone should mention imposter syndrome, there should be like, da da da, Because I feel like we all have, and it's so nice that now we're opening up the dialogue to share how to get through that, how to move through that. Um, and I'd love to hear from you um, for this question here. If so, how did you overcome that imposter syndrome? Yes, uh, I, I have experienced imposter syndrome uh, a while back. And um, what, what I did was I took a three-day uh, leadership workshop. And um, 
So when you think that, it, um, you, you know, people think, oh, you learn how to be a leader. It's actually the opposite. You, you learn more about yourself, okay? Like, who am I? What is important to me? How do I make decisions? Is it based on gut? Is it based on data? Um, what is my personality? How to work with other personalities? Uh, what kind of leader do I want to be? How do I want to inspire people and the areas that I need to improve on? Once you figure out yourself and you have a success and a progression plan, my imposter syndrome went away. Great. And if this was your question and you're on the line, or if you have or are currently experiencing imposter syndrome, we'd love to hear from you. Um, uh, I know that, you know, it just depends on who you are, where you are, what's the current situation as far as how to deal with imposter syndrome, especially now everything is digital. Um, and so maybe that means, you know, a lot more pressure in some, in some ways. So if you're on the line now and you have anything you'd like to share regarding imposter syndrome, feel free to write in the chat box uh, or to come off of mute now. And I'll hold for a light pause there. Okay, so as you all are, oh, so if working with the coach, how do you find a good coach? Someone here has asked. So um, if working with the coach, how to find a good coach? I love that everyone is like wanting to seek, you know, outsource this help just to get out of our minds and try to get more aligned with uh, what we're doing. So did you want to comment on that question here? Yep. Uh, so, um, so the, uh, I've mentioned this before. There's two ways. One is um, LinkedIn has a uh, has a program. I believe it's called ProFinder, and you follow the steps, and then um, and then a couple of coaches will reach out to you, and then you can uh, pick one that you know that you resonate with. And then the other one is um, I've uh, attended conferences. So when I was in conferences, I you know. Uh, uh, watched out for the, the people who knew the different things very well and the stuff that they talked about. So then I would reach out to them and try to get them to be a coach. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Um, okay. So let, I see that some folks are writing in the chat box, but let's move on to this question here and then we'll get to some uh, questions in the chat box. So continue to write your questions there, responses in the chat box. Um, so how do you build credibility and launch initiatives fast in a new job where you continue to learn and do at the same time? This is a great question. Um, so before you join a company, the company is interviewing you and you're also interviewing the company. And so this is when you have to ask probing questions to find out what kind of issues that they are facing and ask yourself, you know, do I want to be part of solving these issues? And, and then let's say you do want to be part of that company and you do want to solve these kinds of issues. Then um, when you're transitioning from one um, job to another job and you know you're finishing up your work for your previous job take time to do research and try to come up with some solutions for the problems that the new company just talked about during the interview process and then um, after you join collaborate with your manager and try to at least get something done even if it's a something small you know, to get it done. This shows that you're, you want to take initiative, you want to solve problems, and, um, and also you get to meet all these people. You're new, so you get to meet all these people. So, so that's what I would recommend. Beautiful, and then uh, we have a question here in the chat box um, that 
you know, I'm sure you can tie into this question or on any of the topics that you've talked about before, but uh, what do you do when you have too many things on your backlog? And, and in general, what do you do when you have just too many things on your plate? And especially, you know, you put COVID on top. I'd love to bring this to like present moment so that people can kind of navigate their way through these, these times. So um, uh, Reshma, what do you have to say about that? Yep. So this goes back to my uh, leading a well-balanced life. Um, so what I would, like I said, I have a personal backlog and then um, even, even though I have a personal backlog, there's just still way too much stuff to do, right? So what I try to figure out what I can delegate, deprioritize or drop. And again, I don't try to, I try to figure out, you know, what I have to remove from my plate and I collaborate with the right people and try to get stuff off of my plate. Beautiful. And I love that if, if also another thing, food for thought, if we don't leave, if we leave here and remember just one thing is help other people be successful and that will, you know, add to our success as well. I love that you're kind of diffusing the weight by, you know, opening doors and sharing tasks in a way that, you know, yeah. obviously won't put a burden on yourself or anyone else and being mindful. I think something I'm really getting from your whole talk right now is just being mindful and being proactive. So thank you for sharing that, Reshma. Um, let's move on to the next question here. So what is your key piece of advice to someone who is switching careers, especially in a new industry and especially now during COVID, I'd say? Yeah, so um, uh, this, uh, uh, this goes back to my success and progression plan. Um, try to find a mentor in the new industry that you're trying to go to. You're probably not gonna find a sponsor just yet because you know this is new for you. So try to find a mentor and try to help get that mentor to help you come up with plans on how you're going to start your new job in the new industry. Awesome, thank you for that. Okay, so we've got some folks chiming in here. Uh, wonderful advice, so great. We really appreciate you all being present and thank you Reshma for giving us your great advice. All right, so let's move on to this next question here. What has been the most helpful thing for you to build credibility? And is there anything you would recommend people don't do? Okay, um, again, another great question. So I would say is um, do what you said you will do. Um, that is, you know, people think, oh, of course, this is just common sense, <laughs> but I'm telling you, if I have to reach out to someone versus someone just responding to me in a timely manner, it, what, what I, when I look at other people, I think, okay, if you cannot manage your own workload, you know, how are you going to handle more workload, right? So this is why it's important to manage your workload and manage other people's like expectations and, and, and then move things along. And then I will say, be patient. Things take time. And also the, the other key piece of advice is don't just look and say, look to see how I can just get my piece done. Try to look at the entire picture and see if you can provide help there. That's what's gonna help you. Awesome, another thing I'm getting uh, through this talk is just to always keep the micro and macro perspective. So to not just be consumed by being, you know, with every tiny little detail, also to take out, uh, take yourself out of it and just get a holistic perspective um, so that you can see who to collaborate with as well so that you're not, you know, missing out on, on you know, the, the, the nectar of life, which usually happens after you finish work. <laughs> so giving yourself more time. <laughs> so let me, let me share a personal a story, nothing to do with work, but, but it, it all ties in. Okay. So I had a contractor for my home and I had a chandelier and um, I told him that, you know, a bunch of light bulbs, you know, needed to be replaced, you know, 
And what he did was he, there is daytime light bulb and then there is soft light bulb. There's just so many different shades of light, right? And I gave him the entire box. So there was enough light bulb so he could put all of them on the chandelier, right? And what he did was he just replaced the ones and then left the rest of it alone. When I came home and I saw that there was different shades of light bulbs, do you think I ever hired him again? No, because I'm like, okay, you did not think this through. You did not see the whole picture, right? So now apply that to job as well, right? So you think about the whole picture. <laughs> I love that. So we've got a great follow-up question here from Alex. How do you find the balance between looking at the big picture of someone else's request and being nosy or overstepping your role? Uh, I need a little bit more information on this. Alex, do you mind talking about it? Um, yeah, maybe like if I'm trying to think of, based on your example, like what if this guy who was installing your light bulbs, you know, started asking you questions like, well, do you want like an environmentally friendly light bulb or do you want like this and that? And like, you know, at what point is he going beyond his role and kind of thinking too much for you or something like that? Uh, yes. Um, once you start collaborating, um, you will find your balance, you know, when to, uh, you know, how much to uh, offer and, and when to stop. You, you figure it out. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. So, like, sometimes we have ideas. It goes back to my tech initiative and um, hearing no, right? So, rejection is also part of learning. So, like, sometimes I find myself pushing and then, uh, and then, I'm, then I kind of say, oh, wait, um, try to find out what the person's concern is. Like, um, like why, why are they not supporting my idea? And then sometimes it's because, you know, they're busy or there's something uh, or they have a different idea. But once I collaborate, you know, then my idea can transform and it, it can become both our ideas or maybe, maybe it, does, it doesn't go anywhere. And, and we just, I, tr I always try to leave with something. So I will say, okay, you know, I, I see that we, we can move forward on this thing, but can we at least try to do this one small thing? So at least I can try to build some common, you know, work on a common ground and try to build a relationship with this person. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe, maybe to relate it to, to my work, um, you know, because we work on the same team, so you're probably a little familiar. <laughs> you know, we're a relatively small, um, team within a very large company and yet we're interacting with these other parts and sometimes I'm looking at what they're doing and I'm thinking hmm I think it could be done better and it's kind of this question in my mind of like well should I start to go out and try to like engineer and help them or should I just kind of stay in my role and make sure my piece is good um, I say uh, offer to help that's that's what I do I offer to help and then sometimes people will take that help sometimes people won't uh, at least, you know, I've offered it and I want to be helpful. And so that's how I would go about it. Thank you so much, Alex, for coming off mute. And did you want to add anything else, Alex? You're no. good? Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. And then someone else here has written a follow-up. Uh, I'm often scared of sharing ideas after having a bad experience um, of, of the idea being stolen. So how do you navigate between those waters, Freshma? Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> I have had my idea stolen also. <laughs> it, it happens. Um, um, unfortunately, um, you know, you just have to keep moving forward. Um, you come up with more and more ideas. And um, uh, I will say it goes back to my take initiative slide is when you start collaborating with people, 
people will know that it was your idea, even though, you know, someone might try to steal it, but people will know. And I always say, you know, keep your manager informed of what you're trying to do and then the idea. So at least your manager knows, right? So when it comes from performance reviews and raises, your manager knows what, you know, what you're trying to do, how you're trying to be helpful. So, so that all plays in together. I love that. And we also had some feedback here in the chat box uh, saying to write it down and send it to them. Keep a record in all capital letters. <laughs> um, and I, do, I realize, you know, there are malicious people that steal ideas. I mean, I used to live in Hollywood and work in that industry and, you know, they're the intellectual property pool of just, it's just, it's a, that's a whole nother conversation to have. Um, and I'm certain it happens in the tech industry as well as everything is super innovative and, you know, everything is changing uh, with the times. Um, and as far as stealing ideas is concerned, at least in my experience, I've realized that some people don't even realize they're taking it from you. They think that it really came from, from them. And so what I have found to be helpful also is to, to kind of, you know, take a, take a document of that, like note, and also like make it be a part of how you present yourself online so that if anyone has any doubts, it's like, all right, you know what? Marielle is always talking about freeing the voice. And I can see that in her LinkedIn profile, like she writes that. And I see that in her other social media, she highlights that and blah, blah, blah. So that if there are any doubts, it's like, look, dude, this is like me all across, you know, all, all across all medias, you know, so that you can also protect yourself. Because a lot of things that Reshma is, is saying uh, is, you know, to hold yourself accountable. And with that comes protection as well. So not saying that people are going to do harm on you, but just to make sure that your ideas are birthed, uh, if they, you know, if the time is right, obviously, and you don't feel like then you can't speak up in the next time to share your ideas, because that is the thing that is really detrimental is then you being yes like not wanting to share anymore after having a bad experience. So uh, for that person who, who wrote in the chat box that they're afraid because they had bad experiences before, um, I would really encourage you to um, find a way to, to be more in flow with that going forward so that you can share your beautiful ideas. Reshma, do you want to piggyback on some of that as well? Yes. Um, so I love, you know, the, the documenting piece of it and then keeping your manager, you know, um, informed about it. And um, slowly people will, like you said, you know, like your LinkedIn profile, people will realize where the idea is coming from. Yes. Great. Okay. And then now is the time to have more ideas than ever. So don't stop right now. Now is the time when we need more ideas. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to this question here. So how to be more assertive? Do you have any tips and tricks, any things to avoid? Uh, I'd love to hear your perspective on this question. So this is pretty much everything that I've been talking about, uh, I will say. Um, um, so uh, there's, uh, let's see. Um, once you do what you set out to do and you have a collaborative plan and you know you hit the milestones um you know it, things are going to be humming along and uh, initially it may seem like it's difficult to get there but but you know in the long run it all works out great and i'm just going to also plug again the service that i'm providing right now is to get more in touch with your voice um, and i think that that brings more uh, confidence in the way that you share your ideas and speak and things like that. So feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn uh, if you are looking to be more assertive in that respect. All right, so let's move on to this next question here. Do you have any recommendations for those early in their careers to build up their credibility? What about students? Yep. So, um, so this goes back to building credibility slide. Um, so you have to start small and, and show that you can own something 
from start to finish. So regardless of how many people are involved, like you can own this piece and, you know, and then in, like I said, from start to finish. And once you do that, then you can start taking more and more responsibilities on. So, yeah. So that's what I did when I first joined, uh, when I first started working, I would take on projects and it, sometimes it was really small projects, but I wanted to show that, you know, people could give me something and I would get it done. Absolutely. And I find that sometimes these like love projects uh, end up serving us as well and just not just to build the resume or build the credibility. Um, I'm sure you have some stories to share there, Resma, where maybe you, you know, uh, have decided or, you know, back in your journey when you decide to do a project because you really feel called to the cause and you want to help and you also want to like get some work in your portfolio to then build credibility. Um, so if you're a student, for sure, you know, I, I would recommend that as well to piggyback on what Reshma is saying to make sure that your heart is connected with the two because your work is going to show, show more in that respect as well. <laughs> Okay, so let's move on to this next question. And of course, uh, if this is your question, I'm just gonna sound like a broken record now. If this is your question, feel free to come off of mute or add in the chat box. I know that we're going over some things that uh, Reshma presented in the beginning, um, but this is kind of now our time to dive in deeper. So if this is your question or you dreamt about something last night and it, you, know, you have something to share now, this is your time to shine. We've got about 10 minutes left. So if you haven't spoken yet, now is your time to shine. Um, how do you build credibility, not only at your organization, but also within your industry? Yep. This actually goes back to something you said, Mariella, like your LinkedIn profile, right? You know, keep that updated, you know, show, you know, highlight your, um, your projects, your work. And then I would say like uh, other stuff you can do is work on a volunteer project. Um, so that's one of the things I did with my uh, manager, Josh, that actually gave me a lot of visibility, you know, uh, people outside of my organization, you know, you know, saw that, noticed that. And then when you attend conferences, you let's say, unfortunately for COVID and after COVID, you know, we're not doing in-person conferences, but when you are in, in, or you could do like, I guess in conferences, maybe they do breakout Zoom or something. It's like talk to other people, say who you are, what you know, what you're all about, and then talk, you know, and get the information from the other person. Start building a network, and that's how you know you show you know you put yourself out there. And then the other stuff you can do is author or co-author a paper or a blog post. So doing like extra stuff out just outside of your work will help you get noticed. Absolutely, and hopefully you can have fun uh, with that too, writing and, uh, and collaborating on different projects and, and volunteering. I love that you're, you're mentioning that. So I have a private message here that I'm gonna flag now. How do you regain someone's trust when you feel like you've lost your credibility? Okay, <laughs> uh, so, so let me share a story, okay? Uh, uh, so this was in my uh, previous job and um, something, I, I still don't know to this date what happened. Something happened with me and my uh, boss's boss, okay, my manager's manager, right? And I still don't know exactly what happened. So, uh, so how I, you know, felt that something happened is because uh, they were hiring a manager for us, program managers, and um, everybody got to interview this person and I didn't. And I'm like, hmm. That doesn't seem right. You know, everybody got to interview this person. Why not me, right? Um, so at that time, I reached out to a coach and I said, "Hey, you know, um, you know, you know, what do I do?" 
And then my coach recommended, um, she said, you know, schedule a meeting with that person and say something like, you know, I feel that, you know, I have done something like take the responsibility on you instead of, instead of, oh, how come you are not talking to me? <laughs> you know, say, say something the opposite, like, you know, I feel like, you know, we've gotten on the wrong foot or, you know, I've done something, you know, what can we do to repair our relationship? And that's exactly what I did. And yeah, and that worked. Yeah, that totally goes in with what you were saying about being proactive instead of reactive, right? Because I think that the, the reactive response would be like, well, you don't pay attention to me and you and you and you, and it's kind of diffusing it, but then you don't have any power to help it change. So if you can say, this is how I'd like to move going forward. And, uh, you know, and also, you know, I, you know, being able to apologize if you feel like it's necessary and all those things, it also just helps you grow as an individual. At least I've, I've learned that in my experience as well. And I see that we have uh, someone who's written in the chat box. Great question. So I'm, I'm sure that um, we've all been through something like that. <laughs> and I hope that that was uh, that you could resonate with that response there. All right. So we've got about six more minutes. We'll take another question or two and then um, we'll leave with some food for thought and then we'll we'll find out how to connect with you, Reshma. Um, okay. So what has been one of the biggest challenges you've encountered working primarily in a male-dominated industry? Um, everything I talked about so far, learning all of this stuff. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> learning all of this. I love that. And then someone, uh, Steve actually wrote in the chat box, um, yeah, that's the difference between being assertive and aggressive. Awesome. Thank you for that. That was going back to the last question. Um, let's stick on this question a little bit because I'm sure, what I love right now, I love that we are a co-ed a uh, group of live callers right now. Um, I know that Power to Fly uh, speaks specifically to women and non-binary people, but I love that, you know, we have some men on the line now to learn and grow together. And I love that uh, you have your managers on the line with you as well, so that this is just kind of keeping up the flow um, with us making change and progress. Um, I'd love to hear from, from folks on the call now. We've got about five minutes left. If anyone wants to share any tips or tricks or, you know, things that they have been able to um, you know, help, help themselves with uh, by being in a male-dominated industry um, if you're in the world of tech or wh whatever industry you work in. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. So I'll do a, lot, a light pause now. I'll take a sip of water. Um, and for any uh, courageous folks who want to come off of mute, now's your time to shine. All right. All right. So if not, then I'll just read this question here in the chat box. Is there something that even men who think of themselves as progressive don't know about supporting women in their workplaces? Hmm. Interesting question. <laughs> um, so uh, I will say um, continue to give us opportunities, um, you know, and um, uh, so there was a question here that we didn't get to like, you know, um, I think what the question was, do you think there are advantages to being a woman in challenging work environment? So the way I see it, it's not just women, there's also different race, right? We all we all come up with a unique perspective because we've led our, all of our individual lives are different from everyone else. So we've come with a unique perspective on how we're gonna to wanna to solve problems, right? So let, you know, give us the, the floor to listen to our ideas and give us the opportunity, you know, to take initiative. I love that. And that reminds me of, if you've been on some of my chats, you've probably heard me give this story before, but last year I went to San Francisco to speak uh, at a conference with one of our clients 
about the importance of emotional intelligence and inclusive community in the workplace. And I had a bunch of programmers, developers, you know, business people in the room uh, listening to me talk about emotional intelligence. In essence, I was talking about empathy and connecting with yourself before building products that affect the world. Um, and what I will say is that uh, I had a similar question come up um, and it's and because we're it's more it's about gender it's about race it's about a lot of different things as far as making space at the table and and the analogy that I like to give it's like if you want to sell your house and you put like a for sale sign outside and then you just go inside and you hope cross your fingers that someone is gonna buy your house just because you put the for sale sign out maybe you can increase your potential by not just putting the sign out but going out and conversing with folks and actually bringing them to the table because also what I what I will say in my experience and from what I can understand with a lot of folks that I've interviewed before is it's it's freaking intimidating to be one of the first women person of color you know gender uh, non-mainstream gender happening and you sit at the table and, and maybe you're reluctant because maybe you feel like it would be more of a battle than uh, something that is inclusive. So my, just to piggyback on, on what Reshma was saying is it takes an extra effort to be proactive in this case, to not just put the sign out in front of the house that's for sale or we're looking for you to actually go and not just say it, but like, you know, bring them to the table and show them that they're welcome so that more people can um, you know, share their voices uh, in an industry that is predominantly male dominated. So um, great. I, I'm sorry to stand on the soapbox there. <laughs> um, and we actually have one more question that I'd love to end with. Uh, equal pay is the floor, but allow us to shatter through the pay glass ceiling. Beautiful. And, and someone here has written me privately. So Reshma, how can we get in touch with you? How can we connect with you and learn more from you after this chat is over? Because we're ending in about two minutes now. So if you can leave with some uh, food for thought for us to take away and chew on, and then also let us know how we can connect offline with you. So, um, so I'm leaving, leaving all of us here with this. Um, know yourself. What is your vision? What are your values? That is super important. And then take initiative, be collaborative, and help others. And the way you can find me is on LinkedIn. Um, it's actually, um, are, are you going to put that um, or should I just post it on the? Um... Yes, we are going to share that in the rewatch email. Um, and then we should have it also on the post on Power to Fly. But fear not, we'll put it in the, the rewatch email so that everyone can watch the, the recording again and then follow Reshma through the links that she prefers uh, through the email. And I just want to say we are at our hour. So thank you, everyone, for joining us for the hour. Reshma, thank you for dropping knowledge and sharing your story and your personal journey and for giving us tips and tricks. I really appreciate everyone. Um, and I hope that you all enjoy the rest of your week. And we'll see you on another Chat and Learn. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.